Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom. I'm here with my good buddy, the Lotus of the Doom. Lotus, Hello. Lotus, I have a question for you. In fact, I'm going to paint a picture, and I want you to tell me who I'm describing. All right. So, in this this scenario, it's a dark, creepy night. You're all alone in the house. It's storming outside. You're trying to fall asleep, but you're afraid to fall asleep because you know, deep in your dreams, in your nightmares, there lurks a creature waiting to prey on you. Who am I describing? That's an uncomfortable amount of people that that could actually cover in the Elder Scrolls. But (laughs) because I cheated and looked at the notes, (laughs) it's totally Freddy Krueger. Yeah, no, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. No, no, no. Wait, no, it's Vermina. It's Vermina. Oh, yeah. It's 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 the final Daedric Prince. It's the final Daedric Prince. And it it makes a great song without a single potential copyright infringement. I should have I should have prepared a cover for today's episode. To be fair, that's pitch perfect. We're almost certainly going to get you demonetized immediately. Oh, God. Sorry, Twitch. It's too late now. I'm sorry, Twitch. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about Vermina, not Freddy Krueger. Yeah, uh, I don't think Vermina has cl- a claw glove. I don't think no, that's a thing. I also don't feel like she's sponsored by Journey, as we just implied. I'm just gonna keep. Okay, maybe I, won't I feel like saying. it's much more sinister than we're leading off. <laughs> what if? What if it was like minor? What if it was like the final Daedric Prince? Just really fizzling out on. <laughs> there now, there now we won't get copyright infringement there you go i perfectly transposed that to a minor key um, absolutely and the seven people left <laughs> listening are very excited to hear what we have to say oh, God. all right <laughs> well here let's get into the details because man we've we've gone through all the daedric princes we're finally on the last one yep. and then what else are we even going to talk about oh wait no, wait there's tons of other things to talk about yeah. in the other scrolls don't worry it's almost it's almost like there's a little bit more lore that we can deal with. <laughs> a little bit more. Is this, this has gosh. been fun though? This has been a lot of fun going back through these. As much as yeah. it keeps us on one topic for a while, and then we kind of go, "Ah, oh, we can't talk about these other things yet." It, it's fun to get through it, but let's let's get through it. <laughs> the first half of this episode, we're going to get into the details. We're actually going to talk about the items and things in the first half, and in the second half, we have kind of an extended story time. One of yes. the best stories in the lore. So stay tuned for that. But let's kick this off. Vermina. Which was misspelled as Vernima, 
in mm -hmm. only one book ever. Uh, it was the uh, it was the book of the Daedra in Skyrim. Some it was just a typo. Somebody typed it wrong, probably. Maybe it is they're funny gonna with all the patches that was never addressed. <laughs> right, right. But maybe like, maybe there's a lore reason for it. Well, I was gonna say these things were all written in universe. Maybe whoever was transcribing that one was just no. I don't know. They they didn't have a good editor. Maybe maybe could could have just been like a whoops and or they just they were dyslexic. Yeah yeah could have been potentially yeah. Um. So Vermina is the Daedric Prince of dreams and nightmares, the gifter, the mistress of nightmares, and dark portents, the lady of nightmares, the weaver of dreams, the queen of nightmares, weaver of the panoply. Panoply? Pano yeah, it's panoply? Panoply? Panoply. Panoply. Nope. Panop I've heard that word, and now I'm like really struggling to- Panoply. I don't think that's P-A-N-O-P-L-Y. I think it's Panoply. That's the game where you move around the board and buy hotels. At Monopoly. Oh, crap. On the flip side, though, she'd probably be pretty good at it because she'd just give people horrible, horrible nightmares of debt, and then they wouldn't want to buy property, and then she'd win. <laughs> Don't stay in her hotels. She will haunt your <laughs> dreams. Correct. Um, the Dreamweaver and the Dark Lady. She, uh, Her sphere, clearly, is dreams and nightmares, and from whose realm evil omens issue forth. Lotus, we've talked about so many different Daedric Princes. Some of yeah. them are on the edge of, like, yes, they're kind of creepy. Some of them, super evil people. Some of them, just kind of doing their own thing. Who knows if they care about humans or mortals or whatever. Vermina? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like this is absolutely evil. She doubles, evil. Down, doubles down on the horror aspect. It's just like, yeah. my goal in life is for you to go to sleep and me to literally ruin your night's sleep with nightmares. Right. Another way to understand her is that she revels in torture and her method of torture is through psychological manipulation in dreams. Yeah. So unlike uh, some of the Molag Ball situations that we've run into or with uh, Mehrun's Dagon, where it's in the games, it's very overtly like, Torture is fun for us. Like, this is great. We're going <laughs> right. to mess with the mortals. She is much more cerebral and like, I'm going to, you know, really, really mess with your mental well-being, which is horrifying in a different way than just the overt, like, hammer smash hand. It's more like hammer smash mind for her. So, right. Yeah. The more she can kind of prey on you, your mental state. Right. And maybe even cause you to do terrible things because sure. of that. Yeah. Manipulate you into doing things out of fear, which is a very strong way of controlling people in real life. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, an all powerful being would then try to manipulate servants by by using that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopes and fears are the mm -hmm. uh, well, I would say in my <coughs> so many years of life uh, that I have learned that. The things that motivate most of us and the things that even define our realities are most likely the things that we hope for the most and the things that we fear the most. And reality tends to be somewhere in the middle. She pushes that spectrum all the way to the fear the most and uses dreams in order to communicate that. Yep. Which is super disturbing because you can't fight a dream, especially when it's being manipulated from outside your own mind. You know, like there, there's the thing that some people can do where they have these dreams where they realize that they're in control. They can actually control their own dreams because their dream is created by their own brain, their own mind. Right. And they've become aware enough of right. what they're doing. I've always wanted, to, like, I've tried screwing around with that and I've had <laughs> lackluster success at it, but it always seems like a neat concept to be able to do. Yeah. Lucid dreaming is what it's called. And some, yeah. some people can do this or can, can kind of tap into this on occasion. Uh, even if you had that ability, you couldn't fight back against Vermina because her influence is coming from outside your own brain. Right. She's inserting things. That's just nuts. Um, I also really like here the section where, uh, and we're pulling a lot of our notes from the UESP, although we've got some other sources as well. Um, there's a section in the UESP that briefly touches on the Khajiit uh, concept of her in relationship to, to Vermina. And it says here, Vermina, also called the Lost Daughter, 
is a spirit found in Khajiit traditions predating the Riddlethar epiphany, which is something we'll have to cover on another episode. Long time yeah, ago. We'll have to deal with the in, Riddlethar at some point, like kind of in depth. Yeah. So think, think long time ago in the history of the Khajiit as a people. She is said to be a child of Fatime. So Padme, right? Born out of her mother's fear of losing her children. Everything in the Khajiit pantheon is done through this like relational concepts of like parents and children and and that kind of thing. Azura killed Vermina and her spelling in this was with two eyes, by the way, in yep. the underworld. And now she can only haunt the dreams of the Khajiit. It is believed that she tests them by playing to their fear for she cannot directly harm the lunar lattice, which is another concept that keeps them safe. So. This concept is really interesting because it shows that she's pitted against Azura, which is common across Tamriel. It's generally understood. It's also, we also know that she's against Ebonarm, which is one of the ones that always comes up. Boethia, Periite, and Hermaeus Mora. None of these seem to get along with her. But Sanguine seems like a buddy. Well, I mean. As much as they ever buddy up but i no i just mean it, it makes sense he's probably too drunk to ever actually remember anything so he's <laughs> probably just super mellow from being high and drunk and then like as a side effect it's like you know he's not gonna get stressed out by it so all of his i could easily see them having like overlap where it's like that's just a weird situation just like in a pseudo joking but also sort of since so many followers of Sanguine are pretty much just perpetually enjoying themselves to the nth degree. Uh -huh, uh -huh. The concept of like, oh, well, we need to control them. I feel well, they're going to be the most mellow people in Tamriel. <laughs> like... Right. Well, here, think of it this way. Think about what these uh, the Daedric Princes represent, not necessarily who they are and what they do, but what they represent. We have Vermina representing dreams and nightmares and Sanguine representing things like taking things too far revelry but including yep. things like alcohol what happens when you drink too much alcohol you pass out mm -hmm. so these two things even just in in concept are, are kind of neighbors with each other and we've talked about that with some of the other jade princes yep. and their concepts as well so it, it makes sense over to help like oh this actually like by you being a follower of me you kind of bumble into this other realm or this other sphere of influence as well yeah, yeah. So there's there's kind of that connection there where like one kind of leads into the other. Also, when you go too far down the things that Sanguine tempts you towards, then you end up creating these terrible situations. Your fears might become true, right? So you've got this concept of like she plays on your fears, but Sanguine and, and giving into your desires might actually lead to some of those things actually happening. So there's kind of that bit of a crossover thing going on. Um, there's the other thing to note here about Vermina is that there there really isn't a ton of detail about about her. And when we say her, typically Vermina shows up in a female form. And yeah, more often than not, you'll get the female version, voice actor, slant to uh, her her incarnations in game. Right. So I don't know if she has. It, she has not ever been presented as a uh, we male get her and or amorphous blob, has she? No, I don't think we've ever seen a male or 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 anything other than female form. I mean, I, I'm we could always be we could always stand to be corrected because in some ancient game somewhere they they put her in as something real briefly. But yeah, Vermina uh, and Daggerfall is kind of ridiculous looking. Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> there is that. There is that. Vermina is not another one of the Daedric princes that comes from very early in the series. The Daggerfall representation, she looks like an old balding monk with a ponytail. Yeah. Little, little bit. Uh, with, a, with a fine gif swirl going around her. Yeah, yeah. There's like this magic blue swirly thing, yeah. uh, black robe with a staff. Um, in fact, if you didn't tell me that this was a picture of a female form, I wouldn't know. It's... Yeah, so I guess maybe in Daggerfall this does not apply, so... Potentially, potentially. Yeah. But the, the other forms we get are typically female. She's generally in, a, in some sort of dress, some sort of headdress with a staff. There is concept art for ESO where she looks much more snake-like. She has kind of a, either a snake-looking mask with kind of a beak on the front, or maybe that's the actual head with like armored shoulders. Um, 
the torso has breasts, so it, it's more of a female shape. But then there's the staff and these serpents that kind of wind around the staff or, or she's holding in one of her arms. Mm -hmm. That one looks way sinister and really cool. Yeah, it really does. It actually looks super badass. Yeah, so I, I like that one a lot. Uh, but outside of that, we get we get a little bit of events in the second, third, and fourth era. Not a whole lot. I would love, and just thinking through this episode earlier, Lotus, I, I, we were, we've talked about things that we would like to see in the next mainline Elder Scrolls or even a potential expansion for ESO. Yep. Having a Vermina kind of focus, even in a DLC or something, <clears throat> with like messing with your dreams, going into a dream world, your nightmares becoming reality seems like something that would be really cool to tap into yes there's once we um i guess we could use this actually as like a transition into it um the only thing because it's something i've also thought would be a very cool premise for like a focus to the series is they they, they have quests that touch on vermina you know being involved with things however one of the things um as we haven't seen really in depth all of the daedric realms yet mm-hmm her Daedric realm, which is called Quagmire, seems nigh impossible to try to create in-game, I feel. Or needs to be done so using a lot of metaphor. Yes. A lot of symbolism, a lot of metaphor. I feel like you could get really creative with it, which is why I think it might uh, play into something that would be really cool to see in a future game. We get a little bit of a glimpse of I believe it's, it's an Oblivion. Um, sure. And it's just the, the thing about Quagmire that I always thought was interesting. Um, do they have the exact quote? Actually, ooh, they do. They have the they have the description of Quagmire that I was thinking of from uh from in-game. So uh it's a realm that it's a realm of horrors where reality shifts upon itself in seemingly impossible ways every few minutes, lightning flashes, and the realm morphs into a terrifying scene, each one more frightening than the last. Could you, like, yeah. out of lore and into, like, game style, could you imagine trying to produce in a game something that is shifting constantly like that right and well, it would have to, to be constantly a... outdo itself like yeah it would have in... to be like a limited sequence it, it it would and that's why it's like i think it would be really cool but yes it would need to be very limited as opposed to when you visit the shivering isles or when you sure. visit yeah. apocrypha or something like that just because it sounds like that would be such a monumental undertaking to try to produce in game where the others are a little more concrete. Mm -hmm. Quagmire seems just so nebulous. It's just like, it is literally horror incarnate and it keeps getting worse. Yeah. Well, I've got two thoughts on that one in your dreams. You know how sometimes things transition from one moment in a dream to another and yes. they don't even make any sense. They, yeah. There's no logical. Like, like, I'm in my office <laughs> and I walk through the door and now I'm outside with my car it's right. like that doesn't that's not how that door yeah, works how did we get right. for, there, there was no interlude there it's just here is a microwave and you're sitting on a park bench it's like <laughs> right. wait what right <laughs> exactly so that that's cool because that's exactly how dreams work and so that's how quagmire works or the dream stride sometimes it's called the dream stride and yeah. uh the other thought here is if they were to put this in game instead of having like the whole scene just change around you as you walk around to create like a labyrinth and a series of rooms where every time you exit one room and enter the next, everything's different. And so, it's just yet yeah, some other horrible thing. Right. So like maybe you start off and you're in some imperial palace and you walk through the next door and all of a sudden you're in what appears to be part of Morrowind. And then you walk through another door and all of a sudden there's gut gardens next to you, you know, like, like right. th this idea that like the, the world itself shifts as you travel through it, not necessarily around you in the literal sense. Yep. Um, could be a way of doing that. And yet you can't see through a doorway until you actually get to it, click on it and then traverse into the next cell. Right. Um, that could be a way of doing it. But I'm sure, you know, they're creative. They're creative developers. I know oh, they come up with ways to make this work. That one definitely just seems harder to nail down exactly. Mm -hmm. Whereas the mm -hmm. others, you can work within the confines of them. That one just seems 
really, really difficult to tackle where it's just like, yep, perpetually changing horror. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And to even play on things that the, the character would have witnessed in the regular world because right. they would have like that's how dreams work is it, your dreams only can reference things that you've ever experienced or seen. And so it wouldn't be external to that. It would have to be things that make sense from the view of the character um, until you get to a place where all of a sudden it doesn't. And then you're like in the presence of Vermina or something like that. Sure. Oh, my God, yeah. that would be so awesome. Um, right. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff with with the way that that could work. But we've got two uh, artifacts here. You want to you want to talk about the artifacts? We do. Um, so the skull of corruption is uh I don't ever find it matters that much in game. Um, I don't is... think I've actually actu actually used this. Yeah, I I most of these I'm like I yeah I've, I came across this I used it a I little bit or, or I like it a lot. This I one I don't know that I ever really did. Cool. Um, it's it's seen in the game Oblivion, right? It is. It, it is in the game Oblivion. Um, so the skull of corruption is uh, Vermina's signature artifact. It's kind of the one she's most known for, and it looks pretty cool. It is a literal skull, you know, at like, the end of a stick with horns. At the end of a stick, exactly. Yeah. Like it kind of looks like a, a demon type of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, glowy it's red eyes. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it's an incredible artifact uh, that able to create or duplicate a duplicate a clone of whoever it's cast upon which is sure like no, it's oh, it's cool like we we had the item before where you create the imp and then the imp goes and does whatever right. it wants right right in and this, this one a little more direct yeah in <laughs> this one you 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 look at your enemy you clone your enemy and then the clone starts attacking then, your enemy i was going to say and then the clone attacks the original creation I'm assuming that the only thing is it but if you didn't want to, i i guess maybe why would you be cloning them but like what if you didn't like it, it mentions that is a it is a thing like <laughs> what if you don't want to attack like what if you just wanted two lydia's for some reason i don't know <laughs> but like, one is not an evil lydia that decides right, to attack what, the original yeah shadow lydia or something like yeah, I, I don't think I don't it works know. like that i, I right, think well like, the thing vermina vermina's just evil she just wants to do bad stuff you know why, why just clone I, people i guess why give you the option just right. it's lydia fight like right like uh, here you go but yeah it's i don't know it's kind of weird and then there's another note that the <laughs> legends say that the staff has a mind of its own and can feed on the memories of those around it awesome which maybe that's kind of like an answer to like yeah you don't get a choice in the matter if you're going to use this and the staff wants the clone to take out the original, you don't get a say, even though they, you were the one who cast this ability, so to speak. Right, um, right. I mean, it seems very beneficial in a, yeah. like, I'm going up against an enemy that I need to take down. I'm just going to send it against itself. Right. But yeah, it's just, I, it. I feel that it looks cooler than it actually ever, like, functionally plays out. Mm -hmm. um i i honestly don't ever remember like it doing much of anything in oblivion but that was also a very long time ago I, yeah. i've been wanting to kind of replay oblivion at some point so but um yeah, i wonder it's... if we had like a you know a remaster <coughs> bethesda yeah maybe <laughs> remaster look, maybe I, I love skyrim and all but maybe like a couple of the other games you do have a lot of games you've made you don't <laughs> right? just have skyrim right? uh, yeah i know development's not easy like it takes resources and money but <laughs> Rob says I'm working Rob, on it because he's doing Skype Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> We've given you like a decade. <laughs> come know, on come already. On. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign up. Sign up and help the Skype Oblivion project, everybody. Um, exactly. So okay, so one, we've got one, that one. one. I, I don't know about the details on it. I also don't know if there's like in-game effects where like the clone has half the health of the original or only does 50% of the damage. I, I don't know how any of that stuff works. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised it's, if it's something like that. Right. But it, it's definitely not super prominent in the games, like some of the other ones are in so many of them. Um, and then the other is the Orb of Vermina, which is just like, okay, it's obviously named after Vermina. And it was an orb apparently used for scrying at some point in the third era, 433. Um, who was in the possession of a wizard named Arkved, I believe. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that how you'd print Arkved? Arkved. 
Yeah. Uh, Arkvid. Okay. So it's Arcaneer. Arcaneer. This is Arcaneer's wizard or Wizard form. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh, by whom uh, it was apparently snatched from the dreams of Vermina's followers, which is... Badass. That's a pretty cool, like, okay, we're going into your dream and we're going to pull out a physical manifestation That's awesome. of an orb. I like, love that. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, and it was recovered by Vermina's champion, uh, who, again, you, you get the skull of corruption as a as a gift like that yeah, yeah. That's this was kind of get. the you MacGuffin take the orb okay to, correct right it's to go get the skull of corruption co correct so it kind of almost it's just like the i mean i mean it is technically a different artifact but you don't really use this one you use this to get the actual artifact that you actually see mm -hmm. it shows up in legends there's a really cool image in yes. legends of the, the it's card like art for blue, it is really cool green orb yes, sitting on it, a pedestal with like they're not flames. It almost looks like like this wispy smoke that comes off the top of it. Yes, um, it it's, <laughs> makes me think of that. I have no context for what it's from, but if you've ever seen the meme that everybody uses, is like the wizard just staring into the, like the globe thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this whole thing feels like he's just staring into the orb of Vermina. <laughs> like it looks very similar to that. He's just trying to get that skull of corruption. Just Maybe he's just trying to put the orb back in his dreams. Oh, yeah. So it was stolen from his and he's just trying to wedge it back in there. Yeah, he's just trying to he's just looking at it, really trying to figure out on it. how to get it back in his dreams. Um, so that's going to do it for the first half of the show. We have a second half where we're going to read through a complete story. And I, I can do the reading if, if you want. I, I can yeah, sure. read through the story. And um, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. But first, we have to go thank our patrons. So don't go anywhere. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode this is a mishmarak Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, we're in the middle of the show. Time to thank our patrons. We have some new ones who signed up this last month. Dylan Y. and Annika, welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for joining us. I hope you are enjoying the ad-free episodes and all the other goodies. Um, also, I don't remember if we called out Harrison E. last last time, but sometimes we get some on certain dates that are kind of in between when we may have done a recording or not. But welcome aboard as well. Thank you for all of the support. All 106 of you. That's amazing. Thank you to everybody. Also, we need to shout out our tier five Daedric Princes, Dylan A., Kira C., and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for supporting the show. We couldn't do it without you. Very, very much appreciated. Also, we have a rating... Uh, a new review, a new rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but before before we do that, I need to mention the name of the site you can go to, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast, if you want to sign up and check out ad-free episodes and all that kind of stuff. The review from this week comes from EcoGirl23 in the U.S. who writes, Good podcast for newbies and experts alike. Five stars. I've recently been on a big time video game and Lorecast kick at work, both out of personal interest and because my boyfriend is super into gaming. ESO is one of my favorite games I've tried with him. Oh, couples who ESO together stay together. That's what I mean. <laughs> so I decided to give this show a listen and was overwhelmed in a good way by the vastness of the lore and gameplay information. Kudos to both hosts and keep up the good work. Ego girl, that's awesome. Say hi to your boyfriend and uh, keep on playing ESO. Enjoy it. I'm glad you're having a fun time. 
Um, also, Lotus, uh, I've got stuff to talk about that I'm giving away. Yes. You know about the 25th anniversary for Fallout, and mm -hmm. Fallout I is... may or may not be wearing a uh, NCR helm, uh, hat there right you go. now. There you uh, go. Yeah, so <laughs> 25 years. 25 years of Fallout. Isn't that awesome? And Wild. Bethesda was nice enough. They've reached out to a bunch of different content creators, given us things to give away to our communities. So I have two $100 gift cards for the Bethesda store, which would buy you some freaking awesome stuff. I also have some lithographs and... I'm giving this all away on my Twitch stream during my like game and hangout streams, not during the podcast streams. So if you're here for the podcast right now, we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. I'm not doing a giveaway right now because it kind of gets in the way of doing the podcast thing. But come back on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the afternoons here in the US. Usually I start sometime around 2 or 3 p.m. Eastern and come hang out with me. I'll be playing some games. I've been doing some Skyrim VR with a bunch of weird mods. I was telling Lotus about it during the intro of the show and uh, maybe I'll, I'll tack on that description of what, what I was doing to the end of the show. So stay till the very, very end and you'll get a description of the wackiness that ensues in Skyrim VR when you can actually physically touch everything. It's, it's crazy. Um, but come hang out with me. I'm giving it out these to random people throughout this entire month. You just have to show up during any of the streams, twitch.tv slash robots radio. And if you're there, I might just pick you randomly to get a prize. So. I'd love to see you. And by the way, this is where everybody in the community comes and hangs out anyway. So get to know the rest of the community. Tell me about yourself. I'd love to learn more. So that's what we got going on. That's it for the middle of the show. Time to talk about a story about Romina. Here we go. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of Sidis. That is why the Night Mother loves you. So this is another one of Lotus's favorite stories. Yes. Also, one thing I should mention, just because we were chatting about it uh, in, in the uh, side, you know, live feed type of thing. Uh -huh. um, it's kind of funny. We had mentioned kind of how the stuff is kind of cool but a little i guess less prevalent than some of the other danger princes i actually we were just discussing uh the, the fact that you can actually get the skull of corruption uh in skyrim as well on a really good quest and i realized that i took the skull of corruption and threw it in a trunk upon getting it every playthrough <laughs> and i'm like that's a great quest. I love it. It's, it's found in Dawnstar if you're interested. But yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a great quest. Thanks to Lornard uh, 090 who pointed that out in chat. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, good good point out that we didn't mention that quest specifically. And you totally do because it's one of the Daedric, I think it might be Daedric Planeswalkers, the name of the achievement or whatever for collecting all of them. And I remember getting that one and using it like once. And I was like, <laughs> meh. It's like, well, <laughs> I guess eternal horror and such, whatever. It's like, where to next? Just going to store it in this chest. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's, uh, let's serve this one up. This story, um, this story comes from which book lotus so this is volume nine of yet another trek back to the accords of madness the 16 accords of madness which we've had many references to if you haven't picked up on it already um yeah i really really like this series of books they it's a weird shea Goreth is basically just running amok trolling troll literally Goreth is an internet troll, a Mimo spore troll, because that's the closest <laughs> they had to internet back then. So yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah. Uh, I, it's, this is another case of Sheagorath just screwing with another Daedric Prince because he can. Yep. All right, so this is how it goes. This is volume nine, and it's a little long. That's why we saved it for the second half of the show, and this is just what this half is about. So buckle in, here it goes. Darius Shano found himself running as fast as he could. He had no idea what he was running from or towards, but he didn't care. The desire saturated his mind. There was nothing in the world except flight. He looked around for landmarks, anything to place himself or to use as a target, but to no avail. The featureless grasslands through which he was sprinting extended as far as the eye could see. Just have to keep running, he thought to himself. I have to run as fast as I can. On and on he ran, with no end in sight or in mind. Standing over Darius Shanna while he lay quietly on his bed were his mistress, Vermina the Dreamweaver, 
And the mad god Sheogorath. This sounds like a dream that everybody's probably had at some point, right? <laughs> Vermina looked down with pride at his disciple of at this disciple of hers and was boastful of her little jewel. Such potential in this one. Through dreams of inspiration, I have nurtured literary talent into fruition, and now he stands in acclaim as an emerging bard and poet. He will gain much favor before I tire of him. Sheergorth, too, had gazed at the young Breton artist and saw that he was indeed famous among the other mortals. Hmm, mused Sheogorath. But how many of these are who hate this mortal? I'm not going to do a Sheogorath voice. Who hate <laughs> this mortal? Johnson here for this. <laughs> whom you have built. It is the hatred of the mortals which confirms greatness and not their love. Surely you can accomplish this as well. Vermina's eyes narrowed. Yes, the mortals are indeed often foolish and petty. And it is true that many of their most bold have been despised. Do not worry, mad one. For I have the power to achieve many forms of greatness with this one. Hatred among them. Perhaps, Dreamweaver, it would be amusing to show who has this power. Inspire foolish, arrogant hatred of this mortal for ten years, and then I will do the same. We shall see whose talents are most efficient, free of aid, or interference from any of the Daedra. At this, she relaxed into confident pleasure. The Mad God is indeed powerful, but this task is suited to my skills. The mortals are repulsed by madness, but rarely think it worthy of hate. I shall take pleasure in revealing, sorry, revealing this to you, and I bring the more subtle horrors out of this mortal's subconscious. And so, in the 19th year of his life, the dreams Darius Shano had been experiencing began to change. Fear had always been part of the night for him, but now there was something else. A darkness began to creep into his slumber, a darkness that sucked away all feeling and color, leaving only emptiness behind. When this happened, he opened his mouth to scream, but found that the darkness had taken his voice as well. All he had was the terror and the void. And each night, they filled him with a new understanding of death. Yet, when he woke, there was no fear, for he had faith that his lady had a purpose. Indeed, one night, Vermina herself emerged from the void. She leaned in close and whispered into his ear, Watch carefully, my beloved. With that, she pulled the void away, and for hours each night, she would reveal to Darius the most horrible perversions of nature. Men being skinned and eaten alive by other men, unimaginable beasts of many limbs and mouths, entire populations being burned. Their screams filled his, very, his every evening. In time, these visions gnawed at his soul, and his work began to take on the character of his nightmares. The images revealed to him at night were reproduced on the page, and the terrible cruelty of hollow vice that his work contained both revolted and fascinated the public. They reveled in their disgust over every detail. There were those who openly enjoyed his shocking material, and his popular... I feel like this is so meta, because we're, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're enjoying this as it happens. And his popularity among some only fed the hatred of those who found him abhorrent. This continued for several years, while the infamy, sorry, infamy of Darius grew steadily. Then, in his 29th year, without warning, the dreams and nightmares ceased. Darius felt a weight lifted, and he no longer endured the nightly tortures, but was confused. What have I done to displease my mistress? He wondered aloud. Why has she abandoned me? Vermina never answered my prayers. No one ever answered, and the restless dreams faded away to leave Darius in long, deep sleeps. Interest in the works of Dario Shano waned. His prose became stale, and his ideas failed to provoke the shock and outrage that they once had. As the memory of his notoriety and his terrible dreams faded, the questions that raced in his mind eventually produced resentment against Vermina, his former mistress. Resentment grew into hatred. From hatred came ridicule, and over time, ridicule became disbelief. Slowly, it became obvious. Vermina had never spoken to him at all. His dreams were simply the product of a sick mind that had righted itself. He had been deceived by his own subconscious, and the anger and shame overwhelmed him. The man who once conversed with a deity drifted steadily into heresy. In time, all the bitterness, doubt, and sacrilege focused in Darius, a creative philosophy that was threaded through all of his subsequent work. He challenged the gods themselves as well as the infantile public and corrupt state of worshiping them. He mocked them with the perverse caricatures, sparring or sparing no one and giving no quarter. He challenged the gods in public to strike him down if they existed and ridiculed them when no such comeuppance was delivered. 
To all of this, the people reacted with outrage far greater than they had shown his previous work. His career, his early career, had offended only sensibilities, but now he was striking directly at the heart of the people. His body of work grew in size and intensity. Temples, nobles, and commoners were all targets of his scorn. Finally, at age 39, Darius wrote a piece entitled The Noblest Fool, ridiculing the emperor god Tiber Septim for integrating into the pathetic Nine Divines cult. The local king of Dania, who had been humiliated by this upstart in the past, saw his chance. For his sacrilege against the empire, Darius Shana was executed with a ceremonial blade in front of a cheering crowd of hundreds. His last bitter words were gurgled through a mouthful of his own blood. Two years after their wager was first placed, Vermina... I'm sorry, 20. (laughs) That's a very different amount of time. Uh, Vermina and Sheogorath met over Darius Shano's headless corpse. The Dreamweaver had been eager for this meeting. She had been waiting for years to confront the Daedric Prince over his lack of action. I have been deceived by you, Sheogorath. I performed my half of the bargain. But during your ten years, you never contacted the mortal once. He owes none of his greatness to you, or your talents, or your influences. Nonsense, croaked the mad god. I was with him all along. When your time ended and mine began, your whisper in his ears were replaced with silence. I severed his link from that which he found the most comfort and meaning, and withheld the very attention the creature so desperately craved. Without his mistress, this man's character could ripen under resentment and hatred. Now his bitterness is total, and overcome by a madness fueled by his rage, he feeds me in my realm as an eternal servant. Sheogarth turned and spoke to the empty space by his side. Indeed, Darius Shano was a glorious mortal, despised by his own people, his kings, and even the gods he mocked. For my success, I shall accept three score followers of Vermina into my service, and the dreamers will awaken as madmen. And thus did Sheogorath teach Vermina that without madness, there are no dreams and no creation. Vermina will never forget this lesson. So good. It's so good. Such a good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love I, lo- I love how like sometimes in these stories, Cheryl Garth does a thing and it's way less than you would expect. In this case, he does basically nothing. Literally nothing. He just lets the situation play itself out because it's like, all right, well, if this dude wants attention, you know, it'll drive him mad. Not giving him attention. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So good. So good. So yeah, you know, I it would be really cool to see like a you know, we really really need to see like a a second version of this book where we get like the follow-up stories of how like Vermina challenges him again and then yeah. Sheogorth out outwits her again, you know, like her scene Vermina challenges him again. Back for revenge. Right, right. And then yet still Sheogorath still somehow <laughs> dun- dunking on people. Yeah, just the madness puts him just so far ahead of everybody else because they're being rational and he's just like Well, it's funny because like um, you know, the, this is kind of our closing to the Daedric Princes, but one of the things that, you know, we've brought up many times several of the accords of madness uh, because i feel they all kind of portray different sides of shagorath like you had mentioned sometimes he's actively doing stuff this one he actively was choosing not to do stuff because that was basically doing what he needed um yeah but it's funny just because there are a select group of daedric princes that Shagorath kind of gets in these like troll fests with. And I'd be curious to see, does he ever interact with some of the other ones? Like, or does some of the other ones either just straight up not care? Like, what, what are you going to do sanguine? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, whoops. Like, oh, well, let's just go drink and have cheese. Like that's <laughs> like, he would play right into it. Like it, it's, so it's kind of interesting to see which Daedric princes kind of, he uses their hubris against them. Mm-hmm. Where it makes me curious, would some of the other Daedric princes just not fit that realm? So, oh yeah, he kind of gets along with them or whatever. Right. There's not enough hubris there to turn. Right. Yeah. Or I, you know, it, or how much can you mess with Hermaeus Mora with his weird right. stuff? I would almost <laughs> think that that would be an interesting one because he doesn't ever have an accord of madness with the, with with Hermaeus Mora, but it's like 
I could almost see that being like, okay, can I outsmart Wacko here? Because, you know, Tentacle Blob has all this information. Like, could we mm-hmm. use that to his disadvantage? But he never he never does. And yeah, Hermaeus is interesting because he's so hard to pin down. I think co- that's, that's the thing is that the others he, have a very clear M.O., Co- correct and that that's that's why and it's why i think you know some of them he doesn't really have a vendetta or a point to prove against some of the other ones where he, you know he's got something he can specifically lean into that he knows they'll falter on right right yeah i could totally see that but, so um yeah it'd be cool it'd be cool to get some of that stuff um so we we do have voice actor here the the few times that we ever hear vermina's voice she is voiced by carla delaney and Carla Delaney is interesting. I, I pulled up uh, some of the credits that go to Carla Delaney. Uh, voices for lots of things that aren't video games. Um, she's in Red Dead Redemption 2 as some other characters. She also voices uh, in Skyrim, Aventus Aretino. Oh. That might be a name that's familiar. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but outside of that is mostly TV shows. And strangely, so if you go back to 2004, she was in a short called Lift as just Lady Number Five. But then you have a, ah, a series a of very memorable role, Lady uh, Number Five. Right. But then you have a series of, of characters that she plays in, like Family Guy, The Cleveland Show. <laughs> yeah. And then and then another short, and then Skyrim. So Skyrim was really early on on the things that she gets credited for, at least. And then uh, a bunch of different TV series, some voiceover things, a bunch of cartoons. And this is also interesting, too, is that in most of these cartoons, she's like an announcer or a GPS voice or the voice on the smartphone. Or she's like a cute little deer named Clarice or Clarice from the uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Reindeer 4D movie in 2016. Okay. What? Uh, That's quite a range. Which... And then she reprises the role for an Affleck commercial. Perfect. Because, you know, those commercials where they took, like, the Christmas characters from the different shows and put them... Yep. Yep. And then some other characters and some other, you know, funny cartoon things. Uh, But interesting. (laughs) Other than that, not a whole lot of other video game stuff. So... But you might actually see her in a uh, TV series or a podcast. She's a podcaster as well. Oh. Awesome. So there you go. That's the uh, real life Romina. I'm sure she yeah. wouldn't like that. Uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't be the biggest selling point. No, you know? probably not. On but, a resume, uh, real life Vermina. <laughs> yeah, but this uh, this sums up the Daedric Princes, and it does. I I don't have a definitive idea of where we're going next week. We do have another patron chat coming up in two weeks on the 27th, but for next week. We're going to have to come up with something. So if you guys are interested in specific topics, I'd love to hear what you are looking forward to hearing or learning more about. Uh, yeah, Lotus, if you have kinda... any ideas, then then shoot them my yeah. way. And we'll, we'll, sure. We'll something. And we can always, you know, do some research on it and everything like that. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Rob, the princess says the mage, the thief and the warrior. I, oh, the I constellations. Think I, the, there's the constellations and then there's the concept of like. I, the, well, that's. Yeah, that's. I, I could actually see that being kind of interesting because there's several tiers to that as you kind of go down the like mm-hmm. the idea. Yeah, that, there's that the fundamental kind of part of reality and the way that right. Like, then the, there's the constellation thing, and then right. it's how it relates to your birth signs, and it's got yeah. So, yeah, that's well, it. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll consider it. So thanks, thanks for that suggestion. Anybody else with suggestions, let us know. You can always yeah, tweet absolutely. at us. You can join the Discord. Send us some messages on there, or jump in the live stream to go come over. Come on over Twitch.tv/robotsradio. Shoot me some messages. Introduce yourself. Uh, Lotus, you got other stuff going on. I'm sure you've got Tales of Tamriel. And... Uh, yeah, actually, I was going to say, our weird schedule continues. We're going to attempt a new day of live recording on Wednesdays now because the previous ones haven't been working out so great. So actually, we released an episode of Tales early today. So if you're interested in our uh, more news slash roundtable version of just Elder Scrolls stuff in general, more often than not because of the live service version of it, ESO is kind of the main topic uh we just released an episode of that and um hopefully by next time i will have some more concrete uh 
details on upcoming extra life. Uh, so very excited to kind of nail down some of the stuff with that. I've been talking to some people behind the scenes for our big marathon because fall is here and that's usually the extra lifetime. So nice. Nice. Well, yep. very yeah, excited awesome. to get that started. Yeah. Good luck with that. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, I've got all my stuff, all my different podcasts, robotsradio.net for my shows, for all the different shows on the network, tales of Tamriel's on there too. And, uh, sure are. check it out. I'm sure you're going to find some other video game or lore shows about whatever there's we got lots of stuff fill up your brain that should be our new tag fill up your brain fill up your brain with lore casts robots radio fill up your brain robots radio fill up your brain (laughs) but or just come hang out with me during the live streams um thanks for being here everybody we really do appreciate you stay safe out there and we'll see you next time see ya have a good one Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcasts they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.